You're listening to the New Century Multiverse. Let them go. Chapter 16 Thy Shade Clumsily grasping the hammer and carving knife in her free hand, Rebecca stepped over the body of the felled Bargast and crept back up the stairs. The sound of impacts continued. She made her way to Cleo's bedroom, which was the largest remaining and the most defensible, unlocked it, stepped inside and locked it again behind her. Seeing the window still shut, but the night turning from black to charcoal outside. She dragged the heavy dresser across to block the doorway, then stood in the centre of the room, unable to decide how best to wait. Should she die upon her feet or cowering in a corner? Glancing down, her mind too chaotic to focus, a great surrender came over Rebecca, as she at last drew back the covers of the bed, climbed under them, and shrouded herself in cold cotton. It felt strange under there, wearing boots and a dress. Her woozy thoughts drifted to Amanda and how pleasant her sister seemed to have found it. Nausea threatened to overwhelm as her eyes screwed tightly shut. Just go outside, she muttered to herself. Rafe has two red cartridges, a sure way to render death. I'm not going outside, she replied. If you stay inside, you'll die. The urging voice continued. How long can you really last? Bad things happen outside. Now, Rebecca realized she was not alone. There was a rattling cough, which seemed to echo from room to room, winding up pressed against her ear. The pounding sounds from downstairs had abated. Was he already free? Then a pained little breath from agonized lungs was let out next to her. Timothy was standing by the bed. She knew it with that certainty that only exists in children. When she opened her eyes and pulled back the covers, his little form would be bearing down upon her, his face pale, his lips blue yet unseen, as he stood silhouetted against the pre-dawn sky. While you were outside, Mother had her nasty turn. The voice, the one encouraging her to leave, was a whisper that had become Timothy's words. Rebecca quaked with dread, taking in lungfuls of freezing air from the bedroom, feeling the condensation as it turned to steam. Her eyes still screwed tightly shut. That isn't her. She mustered the strength to retort. I most likely couldn't have saved Mother even if I had been there. Most likely isn't definite. The voice had grown hoarse and slurred. Jane would be standing over her now. No, sitting in the armchair on the left, staring with that lopsided face. Most 
whisper went on. He died outside, thousands of miles away in India. In India. He left us. They left safety of the house and home. No, that's wrong. Rebecca argued, her own voice low and pleading, close to a scream. He died in his offices. He was inside. You You were not there. It was the voice of Charles now. I did not want you there. Her father's form would be sat at the desk on the right, a bullet hole through the side of his yawning skull. His blood-drained face, embittered and angry, ready to unload a torrent of rage. The severity of that ghastly face, the fear of that anger, was overwhelming. Rebecca steeled herself, bit through the anxiety which was clamping her jaw shut, and stammered across the gulf between them. I miss you, she found herself whimpering. All I have now are the fragments you left behind. The voices would not stop. Her father growled softly. Your sister was attacked outside. The female figure sat, her face in shadow. Rebecca's vision swam behind her closed eyelids. It became bright as day, and Amanda was leaning against the frame of the open front doorway of Ravenwood House, gazing out at the sunset. She turned to Rebecca, and her eyes were strange, her face uncanny. Her soft, expressive lips began to move into what might be a smile or something else entirely. The urge to flee came on fast, jerking through Rebecca's frail human body. But there was no outrunning this. She was utterly trapped. Rafe was killed outside. Amanda whispered from the darkness, which enveloped her once more. Dear sweet solemn secret Rafe. And he came, limping through the doorway, left leg loose, from where it had snapped at the knee, collar stained crimson, his beautiful grave face mauled and ruined by those animals. I wonder at your imagination. Rafe? Are you there? Rebecca forced herself to form comprehensible sounds through the trembling. The response was a long sigh, resonant and resigned. Then, things cannot be that bad. Rebecca smiled through the tears and tried to catch her breath in that piercingly cold room. I shall find comfort in your company again. I would rather that than say goodbye. For a brief moment, there was calm. This numb assurance of death felt like a peace she could finally settle with. But even Rafe's presence could not keep the urging voices silent. I was killed outside. Cleo would be hanging there, her green eyes shining in the darkness. Cleo, you were killed trying to save me. Rebecca argued. And did I succeed? I still breathe. Rebecca murmured. And it's not right that you don't. 
It's unbearable. It's so fucking unfair. There was the longest of silences, broken by the distant shattering asunder of the wood of a cellar door. And yet, I still breathe. She repeated. I cannot change the fact that you are gone. I cannot bring you back to me. But I can face this. She fought and strained against her shivering. I can step outside. And with that, she pulled back the sheets and opened her eyes. No other person in the room could be seen. I love all of you so very much. Rebecca whispered. The thing that had once been Dawson was outside her door now, and this frame was far less sturdy than the one downstairs. In the pre-dawn light, pushing through the window, she saw it crack immediately. A guttural howl of rage and bloodlust emanated through the hallway outside as Rebecca sprang from the bed, snatching up the hammer and the carving knife. Her vision had acclimated to the darkness now, and this half-light cast everything in a monochrome shadow. But the shapes and the opening door could be made out as the lock broke. The beast was over the threshold. A hand shot in and began to shove the dresser to one side to gain access. Rebecca darted forward and brought the blade down hard in the middle of the hand, embedding it deep in the wood. There was a frenzied scream of pain, and Dawson's head finally pushed into the room, attempting desperately to remove the knife with his teeth. Rebecca simultaneously kicked her foot into the door, pinning his head in place and aiming a savage blow at his temple with the hammer. His head went down and came back up roaring. She caught him in the cheek and felt a wet impact. She hit him again. It took another minute, and each blow was nauseating for Rebecca. But the woman set to her task with mechanical efficiency, until what was being pounded could no longer be described as a skull. Backing up and laying the stained hammer down, she stared hard at the slumped form, still pinned by its left limb to the dresser. It looked so pitiful. Her thoughts now turned to the remaining Bargast. Elsie could be anywhere, inside or out, and... With a cold assurance, Rebecca realised she must now kill Amanda. There was no leaving her sister in this state. The full responsibility was hers once more. Listening to the new Century Multiverse, Let Them Go, Episode 16, Thy Shade. 
Written, narrated and directed by Alexander Shaw. Rebecca Wolverton, performed by Sharon Shaw. Voices. Theo Lee. Maureen Foley. Evan Pringle. Spencer Lieb. Matt Ramsey. And Lyra Shaw. Tolling of the Bells, composed and performed by Gil Haim Steinberg. Long Note 2, Long Note 3, and Vanishing, composed and performed by Kevin MacLeod of Incompetech.com. Many soundscapes provided by Tabletop Audio. New Century is funded by our loyal supporters on Patreon. There would be no New Century audio drama without you. And our $15 tier get a named credit on every episode, so thank you to Joel Robinson, Abel Savard, Kevin Otero, Luke Hatfield, Nick Ord, Sarah Montgomery, Duran Bonnet, Tom Painter, Finn Barnicol, Jameis Enright, Mark Lush, Dan Mayer, Joe Crow, Chris Finnick, Toby Jungius, Dave Hickman, Aaron Lecluse, David Garcia Abril, Kieran Datchler, and Lorraine Chisholm. Voices would be heard again by others on that site.